Thanks for joining us. You're about to listen to another Sunday worship service from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. Good morning. Welcome to worship at Clarkston United Methodist Church. I'm Reverend Megan Walther, one of the clergy leaders, and we are really grateful that you're tuning in to join us for worship this morning. A couple of announcements before we start things off. Number one, please just take a moment, and if you haven't done this already, sign up for our e-news. It's really easy to do. It's a weekly email that comes out every Friday and lets you know what's happening in the life of the church. If you go to our website, clarkstonumc.org, and you scroll down to the very bottom where it says sign up for emails, you can get on that email list very easily through our webpage. Second, I want to let you know we are going to be celebrating communion at one of our outdoor worship services. If you come on Wednesday, August 12th, which is this coming Wednesday, you can join us for Holy Communion. This is such an exciting thing. We haven't been able to celebrate the sacrament during this time of physical distancing thus far, and this is the first chance we have to do it. We're gonna do it in a very safe and distanced way. We will have individually packaged elements. We will use lots of hand sanitizer, masks, of course. Bring your mask, bring your own lawn chair. Um, and join us Wednesday night, 7.30, to celebrate Holy Communion. What a joy it'll be to come together. I also want to let you know that we're collecting photos. That's right, we're collecting photos of people in the church worshiping together. Um, now, I want to tell you how to do this. It's super easy. You're just going to take a photo of yourself or of your family worshiping. And you can take a moment and do that right now while I continue to explain how you're going to send those in. It could be a selfie. It could be um, set your camera on a tripod and do a timer. But you can do it just right now as you're sitting there. And then email those photos to celebrate at clarkstonumc.org. Again, that's celebrate at clarkstonumc.org and the email should be at the bottom of the screen so you can see that. And we want full-size photos. So if your email says, oh, I want to compress this to a smaller size, say, oh no, I want to send the full-size photo into the church. And the reason we're doing this is to gather images of the church apart and recreate it as a mosaic of the church together. All these images of people in different places, we're the church. And we want to share those photos in September as part of our worship service. And so we appreciate any photos that you're able to send us of yourself and your family worshiping on a Sunday morning, taking part in church activities um, in whatever form or fashion that that happens for your family. So remember to take your photo. And with those things shared and said, I'm going to pass things over to Pastor Rick, and he is going to lay a foundation for worship for us this morning. Thank you, Megan. And good morning, church. Today, as we come together in worship, we're going to see Jesus give the disciples an amazing gift. It's a gift that's amazing, partially because of what's going on around in the moment which Jesus gives it. But it's greater amazement is the power that it gives them that they would use the rest of their ministry 
And it's a gift that Jesus also gives to us. It's a powerful gift that can change the future, can change lives and change communities. It is one of the core gifts and functions that we share together as a way of living as Christian disciples in the world. It's called intercessory prayer. It is that prayer that we pray for others. And today we're going to celebrate and give God thanks for this gift that can change lives and unite us together in the most unique of ways. And so I invite you to join with us now in worship and keep your hearts and minds open to receive and then live out this powerful gift in the days to come. This is an amazing moment. And God has asked us to join together now. And I'm grateful to share this moment with you. Let's worship the living Christ. God, you are awesome. Everyone knows your name. Babies babble about you. Toddlers sing about you. There's, There's so, so much, much good, good to, to be said, said about you, God. We look up at the skies. They are dark and enormous. The moon and the stars look like jewelry in the night sky. It looks so vast. We can't help but wonder. Why do you spend your time worrying about us, God? Yep, we know you care about us deeply, Lord. You tasked us with caring for your world. You ask us to watch over your creatures like sheep and cattle. You ask us to watch over the birds and the fish. Your creation is beautiful, and we are privileged to live as part of it. God, God you are awesome. Everyone knows your name. Today, Today we, we pray, pray on, on behalf, behalf of others. We ask your healing for those that are sick. We ask your comfort for those that are lonely. For those who are grieving and experiencing loss, we ask for peace. 
We pray for those who are uncertain and afraid and for those who are making difficult decisions in the days ahead. We pray for those who are angry. Today we pray for those who do not have enough healthy food to eat or clean water to drink. We pray for those who do not have health insurance and for those who face overwhelming debt. We pray for an end to racism and an end to the systems that allow racism to continue. We pray for those who are in power that their decisions might protect the most vulnerable among us. God, please watch over everyone with coronavirus and those caring for them. Please protect everyone who works in our hospitals. During this time, may your church be a sign of hope and comfort. Help all of us turn to you. God is our rock. Grant healing. Grant comfort. Grant us peace. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite you now to prepare your hearts and minds to hear this scripture that Hallie Guzel is getting ready to read to us. We find it in the 17th chapter of the Gospel of John. Jesus has been preparing his disciples for what's about to occur. He knows within a few hours he's going to be arrested. He's going to go through a mocked trial. He's going to be tortured. He's going to be killed. And he's been trying to tell his disciples that this is going to happen to prepare them. And after all the discussion and explanation, he goes and does the only thing left that he can do to try to make sure they have the power and strength to get through what's coming. He prays for them. I want you to hear these words as Jesus shares them in the 17th chapter. As Hallie reads them to you, I want you to hear Jesus reading them to you. Because he's clear in this prayer. He's praying for them and for all the disciples that would come. That's you and that's me. So let's hear God's word. A reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 6 through 19. I have made your name known to those you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you've given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them. And they have received them and know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours and yours are mine. And I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I'm coming to you, Holy Father, Protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost, except the one destined to be lost, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you, and I speak these things in the world, so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. 
I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I am asking you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong in the world, just as I do not belong in the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they may be sanctified in truth. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you join with me in a brief moment of prayer? Gracious and loving God, I ask you to bless us now that as we've heard your word read, we now will feel that word rise up within us. We ask for the gift of your Holy Spirit to take the efforts that I've put into this moment, but the efforts we've all put into coming together in this worship, that they would bring us to that place where your truth would be revealed, your gifts received, and your glory affirmed. Lead us and help this prayer, help this sermon, help this worship to give power to us all in your name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Over the years, can you imagine what are some of the most frequently asked questions that I get? At the top of the list has to be, Pastor Rick, would you pray for this person, this situation? People are always asking clergy if they wouldn't pray for others. It is the kind of request we love to receive. We love to be able to be in prayer for others. So I'm glad those requests come. Those prayers have occurred in all kinds of places where I've gone to be with people, or maybe it's been in the church, or maybe it's just a request that comes to me to be praying for somebody perhaps I've never met who doesn't live anywhere near where I am. To share in the gift of praying for others is a holy and sacred privilege, not just for clergy, but for us all. And sometimes those who come and ask for prayer on behalf of others or perhaps on their own behalf, are asking because they're really in a desperate state. They really need to know that they have assurance in somebody walking with them, somebody else praying for them, with them. Not unlike a story I know of a visitor who is in a small church out of state on vacation. And this small church, as the worship service was going on, there was a very young little boy who was getting very rambunctious, full of energy, playing, making noises. And in that small sanctuary, it was easy for everyone to hear the hushed but very deliberate tones of a father saying, Stop it! Stop it now! Pay attention! I told you to stop it! Well, in the middle of the worship service, it became clear that the little boy wasn't going to calm down. And so the father picks up the child and begins to carry the child out. And it was amazing because in that sanctuary, no one was really bothered by it. They were just sort of letting it happen. Most of us have been in that situation at one time or another. But as the father was going out carrying this child, the little boy looked at the congregation and said, just as he was getting ready to go out the door, pray for me.
sometimes we are in a desperate spot and we need to know that there are others praying for us. It is a good gift to know that in fact we can do that for each other and that that gift has power and that it can change people in so many different directions and entire communities. Here in the story that we have today from John, Jesus is facing his final hours. He has shared with his disciples what's going to happen. And one can wonder what you and I would do if we knew that this was the last night that we would be able to spend with those we love. If this was the last night before our death. In the Gospel of John, Jesus goes to prayer. And it's not a prayer that we oftentimes think of when Jesus is on that holy night, as we find it in the other Gospels, where he's suffering more, it seems, when he's bleeding sweats of blood as he's praying hard and tears are flowing and he's asking for this cup to pass if he doesn't have to drink it. But if he does, thy will be done. No, in John, Jesus is in charge. He's knowing that this is really the culmination of everything he's been leading up to, what his entire life is meant to finally get to. His death serves a purpose, and it's a fulfillment of what God is going to do through him in conquering death on the cross and then moving towards the resurrection. So he's willing to face it. And on this night, he faces it with prayer. And it's not a prayer for himself. It's a prayer for his disciples. Jesus is praying for his disciples. He prays for them and also for the disciples to come. I want you to think about that. Jesus prays for his disciples on the night of his death and the disciples to come. That's you and me. Think about that. Jesus Christ prays for you and me. That is a powerful gift, and it's transformative in our life. John Knox, who was the founder of the Presbyterian Church in Scotland, came to faith in the moment in which he first heard this scripture read from John 17. For him, the idea that God is a God who would pray for his disciples, that would love his disciples so much that he would be invested in their life to pray for them, changed his life. He became a reformer. He became a leader, a preacher, a teacher. And many years later, when he was lying on his deathbed, he asked his wife, would you please read for me once again the scripture that brought me to faith? And because she knew the story of her husband's conversion, she began to read to him from John chapter 17. And as, as he heard those words that he'd heard over and over again throughout his faith life, he was moved once again to follow the example of Jesus. And he began there on his deathbed to pray for others. He emulated what Jesus did 
for him. He began to pray for the people that he loved, for the people he knew that were in need, for Christians that were suffering wherever they were, for people who had not yet heard the gospel, that they would come to know Jesus. He prayed for others on his deathbed up and to the moment that he took his last breath. John 17 is not simply a prayer that we read. It's an invitation for us to become praying people also in the name of Jesus Christ. And as Jesus is praying for others on this night in this scripture, you and I are called to let our prayers be for others as well. It's very easy to think about praying for ourselves. It's sort of our default. Uh, It'd be nice if we were always uh, thinking about prayer in a broader context, but the truth is, a lot of times our prayers are quick hit lists of asking God for a little bit of help and this and that and the other thing. But to pray for others is to take the time to be invested in the life of others and to believe and trust that there's a power that is released when we pray for others. And in fact, there is. I want to spend just a few minutes this morning with you thinking about intercessory prayer and inviting you and I to reclaim it as a powerful gift in our life and in this world. I want to remind you that intercessory prayer connects us to God. When we're thinking about others and our relationship with them, it is natural that we want to share our love and our affection for those who are in our family and our loved ones, our friends, and so on. It's natural that we want to help and care for people who are suffering, who are needy, who are sick. But intercessory prayer is to say, not only do I care about those people, but I'm going to affirm the fact that I know God is in this relationship. This is not a two-way relationship. It is a relationship where God exists, where Christ is in the lives of all those that we're talking about in this relationship. And if we're praying for someone else, the first thing intercessory prayer is, is an affirmation that God has not forgotten about that person or this situation. That is a powerful witness. When you are facing difficult times, it is easy to feel as if you're out there all alone. And if someone is praying for you, it's an affirmation of the fact that not only are you not alone, but God is with you. God is aware of what's going on, and God will be with you through all the circumstances that will occur. Because situations change. Sometimes they get better. Sometimes they get worse. Sometimes they go back and forth. But God remains faithful in all of those moments. To share a prayer for someone else is to say to them, God is with you. Because I'm going to pray to the Lord who is with you. It's a statement of affirmation. Over my life, I've been asked, as I've said earlier, to pray for so many situations. I've been asked to pray for marriages for physical and in emotional and mental healings, for power for people to overcome addictions, for prevention of tragedies, and then for people in the healing after tragedies have occurred, for people to find work, to, for people to find the right career, to find the thing that God has uniquely gifted them to do. I've been asked to pray for people to avoid prison, to be able to remain strong during their imprisonment, and to be able to re-enter life after prison. I've, I've prayed with families who have sought to want to have children. 
I've prayed for people that they would come to Jesus, that they would find peace in their life. I've prayed for churches to meet their budgets. I've prayed for people who have lost their homes. I've prayed for people who are looking for a new home. I've prayed for those who are going through natural disasters. I've prayed for people to be spared natural disasters. I've been praying for wars to end, for death to be avoided. And yes, sometimes the request is for death to mercifully come. Those prayer requests and so many more are an invitation to enter into those people's lives and in so entering them, affirm that God is there. Now, I understand that people will oftentimes turn to clergy and ask for our prayer support because really, in essence, part of the truth is we represent, by no means are we, but we represent the presence of God, those who have been ordained to continue to live our lives in faithful service to God in a very particular way. But that is the same gift that you give when you are praying for others as well. It is the affirmation that God is there. And each and every one of those situations that I've been praying for in my life, that you've been praying for in your life, it is that gift to know God is with them. The second thing about intercessory prayer, of course, is that it connects us to those we pray for. Not only is God with them, but so are we. They are not alone. We haven't forgotten them, and we will not forget them. Intercessory prayer is a reminder for them to know that even when they don't see us, we're thinking of them, and more than just having a good thought, we are literally calling upon the name of Jesus Christ to be at work in their lives. Now, the truth is, we don't always know what that work needs to be. That's God's business. But we know who needs to be doing it. And so we pray for Christ to be in the life of others. And it's a reminder for us to stay in connected relationship with those individuals, to continue to pray for them. We are, in essence, invested in them. We are pouring our life energy, our faith to them as well because we are committed to walk the path with them, whatever the path is that they need to go through. And that path can change. So as we stay connected with them, we pray different prayers. And as we do that, we stay current in their life. We stay a part of that uh, unique group who knows what's going on and, and lets them know that they have people around them who care about them. And to have that can mean everything. This past week, Barb was sharing with me that after her husband died, of course, she went through the times of grief and difficulty that you would imagine. And about a year after he had been gone, she was having conversation with a neighbor. And this neighbor, whom they really hadn't had a very close relationship, you know, a neighbor, said to Barb, I've been praying for you this year since you lost your husband. Now, Barb wasn't aware that that was all going on, but the realization that this person had not forgotten her situation, had not forgotten her, and was remembering her by taking her name 
in front of the living God and praying for her. It was a powerful gift she received in that moment. And it changed in a holy and wonderful way the connectedness and relationship that she felt towards this person. To be able to have someone share that gift with you can give you just enough strength to make you go just that much further and have just that much hope. To pray for each other is in fact the gift that can allow us to become a unique community. And that's the third thing I want to share with you. Intercessory prayer creates a community with a distinctive flavor. Communities come together for all kinds of reasons. People get together because they're sports fans of the same team or or they like doing an activity together or they're part of a community organization. But a distinctive characteristic of the Christian community is that they are people who pray for each other. Not just do good things for each other, though that's true. Not just try to be friends with each other and be the best they can be to each other. All of that's true as well. But a distinctive characteristic of the Christian community is we define our relationships by the fact that we are praying for each other. At different times, we all take our different roles in that relation. Sometimes we're the ones praying for others, and sometimes they're praying for us. And sometimes we're praying back and forth for each other. And it's a wonderful, holy, connected community when the church is a church of prayer for each other and for others in the world. When you have a church that is willing to pray for each other, intentionally seeking out ways to call upon Jesus Christ to bless others, then you have a church which is focused on the things of Christ that will be willing to go and do things above and beyond expectations because you care that much for each other. And that is a distinctive gift that is, that is clearly identifiable in the world. I think about you. And as we've gathered together in past years, you know, in the sanctuary, out on the lawn, at church picnics, on mission trips, all kinds of places, where we've been praying for each other. It's a holy gift. And it's one of the things that allows us to stay connected in a time of disconnection. You don't have to be next to each other to pray for each other. You can stay connected and involved in each other's lives. And it's not an issue of gossip or curiosity. It's intentionality about honoring the needs and the joys of others and sharing in both the highs and the lows in the name of Jesus Christ as brothers and sisters of faith. Did you know that we have a very intentional way for you to pray for others in the body of Christ that we call Clarkson United Methodist Church? There's a prayer list that goes out every week that is available to you where people come to, to us and ask for prayer support. Sometimes it's support because they're going through difficult times and sometimes it's celebrations of joy. When those requests come into us, we put those names on a sheet of paper and it gets sent out by email every week. Right now about 50 to 60 people participate in that intercessory prayer ministry. And if you would like to do so, 
All you have to do is go to the church website, clarksonumc.org, and on any page on the website, scroll all the way down to the bottom, and you can see where it says at the very bottom, sign up for emails. Click on that, and it'll take you to a page where you can look through about four or five different emails you could receive, and you'll find the one that says, prayers for concerns and celebrations. Click on that box, share the information, and you'll be able to receive that email each week. It is a sacred gift because in receiving it, you're asked to actually pray for those on the sheet. Now, if you go one by one every name, or if you pray for the group, God can sort it all out. The reality is it doesn't even always matter how much you know about the situation the truth is, sometimes I'm asked to pray for people where I don't fully know what's going on in the moment or with them. They may be people I've never even met, but I pray for them knowing that God is with them, as I just said, and I can trust God to figure it out. I'm just praying for them so they know they're not alone. They know God is with them, and they're creating a bond with them that is spiritual and can carry across miles. I invite you to consider putting intercessory prayer life as a part of your spiritual discipline. And even if you don't take the prayer sheet from the church, the intentionality in your prayer life every day to think about others who you know that you want to pray for, for whatever reason, for their healing, for their hope, for their joy, for celebration, for thankfulness. I'm going to tell you this. The most powerful gift you can give those whom you love the most, your spouses, your uh, family members, your children, your grandchildren, your significant others, whoever they are, is to pray for them each day by name. That's not to get them to do what you want them to do, but it is to make sure that you bless them and keep your relationship with them first and foremost in the name and presence of Jesus Christ. It has been said, if you get a grandmother praying for you, it's all over. And I'm not sure that's always true, but I can tell you this. If you have a grandmother who's praying for you, you know you've got great power in your corner. It is what I hope our grandchildren will know. It's what I hope our children know. It's what I hope your family members know. You are praying for them by name, regularly, regularly. It's a gift, and it changes lives. Today, as we come together, I'm going to invite you to share in intercessory prayer. Now, the final question. Does it work? Pastor Rick, if we get people to pray for this situation, are you saying to us that the more people we get to pray for it, it will automatically happen the way we want? Well, the answer is, sometimes I've seen that happen. I have been part of intercessory prayer for situations I had no idea that anything positive could come out of it. And lives have been transformed and miracles have happened and the unexplainable is evident in front of us all. Sometimes that has happened. And sometimes it hasn't. The things that we're praying for don't work out the way we want. 
And in those situations, I still say intercessory prayer works because it's not given to us as a get-out-of-jail card or, you know, a freebie that we get to have everything the way we want. No. It allows us to affirm that God is with others. It connects us with them in a holy way, and it creates an intimate, powerful community around those persons, that person in those situations that is transformative. All of that occurs. All that's a gift. All that is a miracle in this world. So do I believe intercessory prayer works? Yes, as long as I'm assuming I'm not the God who's trying to make it all happen. I'm turning everything over to the God who knows better than me. And I'm receiving the gift of being part of this intercessory prayer life. Bill Hybels once said about intercessory prayer, if we share together about prayers for others, and the specific thing we're asking for is not what God wants, God can say no. Or if the timing is wrong, we want it faster than what God wants to give it, God can say, slow down. And if we're entirely wrong and we're praying for the wrong thing, God can say to us, you can still grow in your faith and understanding. But if the request is right and the timing is right and we are correct in the assumption of what God wants to have happen, then God can say go. And it's amazing when that happens. I invite you today to think about who you can pray for and begin intentionally praying for them. It can be as simple as, Lord, Bless this person. Let them feel your love. Thy will be done in their life. Or it can be as specific as you know their situation. Most of all, lift them up to Christ and celebrate the truth that God is with them. They are not alone because you're with them. And you're part of a holy community. It's called the church. And oh yes, don't forget, Jesus is praying for you. So why don't we pray for others? Thanks be to God. Amen. Will you pray with me? Holy and good God, most of us have been the subject of someone else's prayers, whether we know it or not. Prayers from someone who loves us and knows us. But many prayer, maybe prayers from someone 
who has never met us. Many of us have seen the power of prayer at work, and for that we give you thanks. Today, we pray together, wherever we are. We pray, Lord, for our neighbors, for the ones whose names we know, for the ones we haven't met yet. We pray today for our church. We pray for the people that we usually sit by. We pray for the people we recognize only by sight from across the sanctuary. We pray for the people who are new to Clarkston and to Clarkston United Methodist Church. We pray for the people who have yet to even visit our website but are searching for a place to belong. Help us to offer the invitation. You're welcome here. There's a place for you here. We pray, Lord, for Clarkston, for Michigan, for the United States of America. We ask for your wisdom. We ask for your healing. So much needs healing, Lord. There's a lot that feels broken and confusing. And so we come to you in prayer, laying these things before you, naming the things we're worried about, sharing our burden with you. And we ask you, Lord, to change things. We ask you to change us. We ask you to remind us why we have hope, why we have hope in you. We ask you, please remind us who you've made us to be. God, you call us to be bridge builders, to be truth seekers, to be advocates for justice, to be makers of peace. So give us the strength and the bravery and the energy to pursue the calling that you've placed on our hearts. Do not allow us to feel defeated. Instead, raise us up on wings like eagles, like the scripture promises. Help us to enable others to rise up in your name. Stir in our hearts, Lord. Help us to move, help us to take action, help us to be those you have called us and named us to be. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please join us in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. This is a moment in our worship service when we make an offering. We offer in some way what we have in response to all that God has given to us and because we want to share what we have with others. There's a variety of ways that we can offer ourselves this morning. One is simple and easy and I want to remind you to take a photo of yourself or your family as you're worshiping with us this morning or in the weeks to come and share that with the church. Share that so that others might see the power of community and be reminded that we are connected despite the distance. 
Some of you may be thinking, oh, I don't like to have my photo taken. Oh, I don't know if I really want to participate in this. Well, I would humbly submit it's not about you this morning. It's about the church. And so if that's a challenge for you, maybe this is a moment when you offer that photo of yourself in worship, of yourself uh, as you're connected to this congregation and email that in so that we can share that in worship in September. Another way that you might consider offering yourself this morning is offering your prayer. A reminder, go ahead and sign up for that prayer email so you can be in prayer for others in the week ahead. And of course, another easy way that you can offer what you have is through your finances. There are a number of simple ways that you can give to the church this morning. One is to go to our website, clarkstonumc.org. There you can offer a one-time gift or you can set up a recurring gift. And it's an easy process if you haven't done that before on our website. Another easy way to give is to text to give. If you use your smartphone or, or other smart device, the number is on the screen and that's another simple way that you can give to the church. And of course, you can always mail in a check to Clarkson United Methodist Church, 6600 Walden Road. We're so grateful for all of you who continue to offer yourselves and your finances and your prayers in support of this church. And I know you'll continue to do so in this next moment as we receive the gift of music. I trust and I pray that all of us are offering something, whether it's the prayers of our hearts, a gift of finances, or a commitment to take another step in faith. Let's listen to this music and offer what we have.
And as we get ready to go on to the other parts of our day, it is my deep prayer, of course, that you will continue to pray for each other. Pray for the church, the church all around the world, the church in our own community and this community of the church called Clarkson UMC. The prayers that we share for each other, with each other, can change the world and bless us all. So may you be blessed. And may we continue to be a praying people in the name of the one who prays for us, even Jesus Christ our Lord. In the name of the one with joy and hope and celebration, let's go out into the day and live it to the fullness for which Christ has made it. Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday Worship Service from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan.
We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.